What chapter? Oh, yeah, I know you know. <laughs> what? Did you have your hands up? Were you? No? no. Okay. Chapter 13. Very good. Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. I'm going to do just three verses tonight. Just three verses. He says, Acts chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Now there were at the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, a Menean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would speak through me this evening, through your Holy Spirit. God, teach us uh, through your word. And Lord, may we uh, just put ourselves there at this time. May we come up, become a part of what's happening and may we allow your Bible to be, your word to be alive to us. And God, uh, see what was going on. And then God, may we take that and uh, make application. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We've turned, uh, I started to say we turned the chapter. We're at a new point here in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts. Because now we've gotten to that point where they're getting ready to send out missionaries, getting ready to send out missionaries. If you go back to the first chapter of Acts, you had Jesus where he said, I always get this next, except it, but let's see if I get it right. He said, I want you to be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and into the uttermost part of the earth. And this is where they come to. Uh, they were at the church, it says, at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers, and it gives us five names. Now Barnabas and Saul we're pretty familiar with, but these other three, were not so much. Uh, there was Simon that was called Niger, and Lucius of uh, Cyrene, and Menean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. Um, <clears throat> Simon was called Niger, and the word Niger means black. And so most likely this gentleman was from northern Africa. But it kind of shows you what was going on in that church in Antioch. It was a real, really the first church that sprung up out of a pagan environment, this church in Antioch. And they were, had a really mixed, uh, they were very diverse in their congregation. And you had Niger, there, Simon, which is called Niger, and then Lucius of Cyrene, and Manan. Now Manan, it's interesting, it says, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. In other words, growing up, he went to school with them. He was uh, in school where he went to school. They were very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Alistair's not here, I'm looking for. <laughs> he was, uh, they were, well, uh, what'd you say? Well, not contemporary, but they were Herod being a, a, a royalty. And then Menaean, he was uh, blessed in his, in his particular situation. At any rate, that he got to go and go to school with this. It's interesting, though, as you watch, 
and you follow these two men, you see Herod, the one, grew up to become an evil king. And he was the one that put uh, the apostles to death. He's one that helped to put Jesus Christ on the cross. And then you have Manan, though, which turned out to be a real child of God, one that loved the Lord and that served him, and that served him. Here the church of Antioch is getting ready, as you read down into verse 3, or verse 2, the Holy Spirit said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. These five guys, though, were what you might call like the backbone of the church. They were really the, the pillars of the assembly. Have you ever heard that term? The pillars of the assembly. How many of you here are pillars of the assembly? I would submit that all of you are pillars of the assembly here at Bethlehem Baptist Church. Each of you play an integral part, especially when you understand and realize that God has those gifts that he's given each individual that's come into this membership and he's joined this body together so that together we can use our gifts to become that most powerful force. There's nothing like, there's no force on earth as powerful as the church of God when all of its members are following the direction and leadership of the Holy Spirit and using their gifts for God, for God. And here we got these five men, but now they're saying they want you to separate two out there. Separate two out there. Of the five, of these five, it says four were Hellenistic. That is, that Jews that had been born outside the Holy Land and in the land of the Gentiles. They spoke Gentile languages, probably most notably Greek. Okay. Um, Barnabas, we know Barnabas. Barnabas reminds us of the sweetness of God. Uh, we've already been told he was a good man, and he was, apparently he was well-to-do, because you go back to Acts chapter 4, remember what he did? He had a piece of land, and he sold it, and he brought it in, and laid the money at their feet. He was a well-to-do man, a good man. <clears throat> Niger we've talked about a little bit, some have said that his name causes speculation, wondering if this was Simon a Cyrenian, who was the father of Alexander and Rufus and found in Mark chapter 15, the man who carried the cross for Jesus. I don't know. Speculation. Speculation. We look at this men, these men. <clears throat> We go on down though in verse 2. It says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Now, somehow the Lord, uh, the Holy Spirit spoke. I'm not going to say it was an audible voice. Verse 1 says, uh, Prophets and teachers. May have had a prophet, somebody may have prophesied. I don't know. This was in that first century where gifts were still able to be used like that. I don't know. But somehow the Holy Spirit made it apparent that he wanted to separate Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto he had called them. I wonder what work God has called you to tonight. Well, See, if I ask Juan Pablo, he'll tell me it's down over there at the Chick-fil-A. 
But there's more to it than that. He's got something that he's called you to do, something that he wants you to do. Maybe it's on a daily basis. Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe God is calling you to be a missionary. I don't know. God has called us to do something. He's called us to do something. And it says here, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. You know, if you're going to do something for God, you need to separate yourself unto him, to him. And there are things that you need to separate out of your life, away from your life. A lot of people try to go hand in hand. That doesn't work like that. If you're going to serve the Lord, you need to separate yourself unto the Lord, unto the work whereunto I have called them. It's interesting there also it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Minister to the Lord. Read that verse with me. As they ministered to the Lord. That's telling me I can minister to the Lord. Anybody know how we can minister to the Lord? There's a couple ways in particular. One, we just did. This morning we did it. It's when you're singing praises to God. You're worshiping him. You're ministering to God. Oh, he likes to hear that. You know, he's worthy of that praise. He is worthy of that praise. And that's the way you can minister. I think a lot of times we think we come into church and certainly we can minister to one another within the body. If you look around and you see somebody that's downtrodden, they've got a, a low countenance, you know something's going on. Hey, brother, can I pray with you? What's going on? Something, I, something just seems off. Can I help you? Can I be here for you? And you can minister to one another that way. But you can also minister unto the Lord by doing what you're doing right now. Sitting and listening to God's word and the teaching and preaching of it. You can do it when you're sitting in your own Bible study and you're reading and you're studying. And you can minister to the Lord. In verse 3 says, And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. And sent them away. Now, let me go back, though. These were godly men in that church. Godly men in that church. Uh, before I leave that ministry, though, see if I can do this. It has the idea of a, a sacrifice. Something that you're doing for the Lord. In the Old Testament, they sacrificed animals. Now, we don't sacrifice animals. But we... Uh, Alice and I have been reading through the Old Testament and Exodus and Leviticus and reading about all the sacrifices and the different things going on and the different animals they would sacrifice. This is a sin offering. This is a peace offering. This on and on and on. Different offerings. But when we take time to sing praises to him, we're offering a sacrifice to him. A sacrifice to him. So anyway, let me continue on now that I've got myself out of sin. Um, we see in the second verse that they are now going to be uh, they are going to be responsive to the spirit apparently already God had been speaking the Holy Spirit had been speaking to Barnabas and Saul about going out and going out and going out now they had already been to Jerusalem. 
They'd been to Judea. They'd been to Samaria, remember, with Philip. And they had gone kind of out a little bit, in, but not officially. Uh, what, the way they had gone out and the way they had gone out and spread the gospel in the other land is when the persecution hit. And when the persecution hit, they left, not necessarily to spread the gospel, but to spread, help me, help me. You know, I don't want to be killed. I don't want to be persecuted. So they ran. But as they ran, guess what they did? They took the gospel message with them. And the word started getting out there. But it would seem that the Holy Spirit had already been speaking privately with Barnabas and Saul about the lost world. He'd already had the marching orders given, you know, uh, in Matthew, going into all the world, and then also in Mark, and then in Acts 1-8. Acts 1-8. You know, it's interesting. I was reading here, you're a... Uh, Age is really not a determining factor upon God's call upon your life. George Miller, Miller became a missionary at age 70. He was rejected five times by the missions board. Can't go, can't go, can't go. I wonder what God said to those guys when they entered into heaven. What are you doing? Telling him he can't go. You know, I think people try to do it in a, in a good way and, and try to make sure that uh, they're getting the blessing of God as they're going. But, you know, folks, if God calls you to do something, do it. Do it. Here, the Moses, I mean Moses, uh, Barnabas and Saul were going to be sent by the church. There are some people that maybe just should go, just went, just went. <clears throat> The elders at Antioch were sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. They had no doubt to the qualifications of these two men. Now, I, now, here you go. You go through these two verses, and you go, the Holy Spirit has announced, I want your two best. I want your two best. And I want them to go to the work that I've called them to do. That means there's not going to be in the church there. How would we feel if we, in our mind, picked out our two best. My goodness. We might say, well, what will happen to the church? Well, the Holy Spirit's still here. God will still have his work done. He's got a body here that's still functioning. But you have to imagine that the church was probably not real excited about the idea that they were going to go. That they were going to go. And yet, we go on to Verse 3 then, he says, And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. The laying on of hands was much what it was in the Old Testament when a Hebrew bought a lamb or his ox, brought it to his priest for sacrifice. He was required to put his hand on the sacrifice in a symbolic act of identifying that as its substitute. That's his substitute. So now you're going to have the three remaining elders laying their hands on Barnabas and Saul as they go out. <clears throat> and I said I was just going to go into three, but let's go to the verse four. It says, So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. They sailed to Cyprus. 
first mission missionary journey. It was church-centered. That's the way God does his business. He does his business through the church, through the church. We are a local independent church. It was church-supported. It was church-supervised. And once the mission trip was completed, Paul and Barnabas came back and gave a report. That's the way it is. Missionary, mission, missions, the word missions, I'm told, means to be sent, to be sent. And that's why this church supports the missionaries that we do. We would support more if we could give more. And we certainly would do that. We have missions, uh, we have a missions conference coming up in September, I think it is, September, yeah, this September. And we'll have missionaries come in and preach to us. Why? Because we want to remind ourselves that we need to go into all the world, into all the world, and preach the gospel. Sometimes it's real easy to become complacent with what we're doing. It's nice, uh, Brother Rick, we are talking about uh, a new pulpit and something we're working. He says, well, I know somebody. And he says, I'll make the call. And he makes the call. And a pastor is so gracious and gives a, a pulpit that's worth a lot of money. Uh, you know, we, got, we did some work up here and tried to fix up the baptistry, and we've been able to baptize. Today, the, the Spanish church used the baptistry, and they baptized three, I believe. Praise God for that. That's what it's about. We're working and, and moving. Dwayne's been doing most of it, but in the, in the nursery, and we're trying to get the nursery brought up in, in a situation where we can have families come in and bring their little ones into the nursery and feel good about where they're being left. What am I saying? I'm saying that it's easy to lose focus. To lose focus. The idea of souls. We're to win souls for Christ. And his plan was to go into the, all the world. But not just all the world. Folks, it's talking about going next door. Don't answer. How many of you know your neighbor's name? Raise your hand. I mean, you don't have to answer. <laughs> but I'm saying... Do you know your neighbor? Do you know your neighbor well enough to say, hey, I was thinking about you the other day, and I, I, you know, I, I leave for church on Sunday morning, so I don't know. Do you go to church anymore? Have you ever felt bold enough to ask that question? Well, that, that might ruin that relationship. And you know what would really ruin that relationship? Is for you guys to, to get to heaven and them to stand at the great white throne judgment and you didn't say a word to them. Um, I'd rather have somebody get upset with me because I want to share the gospel with them than not share the gospel with them. We need to go into all the world. Holy Spirit said, separate me, Barnabas, and Saul. What does God have for Mikiro Baptist Church? Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for <clears throat> the book of Acts. I thank you, God, that it teaches us what the early church was. It gives us a, a blueprint that we can follow. Uh, Lord, uh, how that we watch as your people excitedly uh, proclaim your name and the gospel. Talks about how that on a daily basis people were added to the church. Talks about how that the number was multiplied. God, I pray that we would be able to 
be able to say the same here for the Kilo Baptist Church. Dear God, that you are doing a work here, not because of us, actually in spite of us, because we will put ourselves aside in order to allow your Holy Spirit to create such a unity, dear God, that we can see you work mightily here. Father, I pray for each and every member. God, I pray that we would take seriously those divine appointments that you have for us every day. And God, we would recognize them if we would be spiritually tuned with you. If we were to be a, have such communion that we just know that's not by accident. Oh, I didn't bump into that person just coincidence. But God, you designed it. And for a purpose. What am I saying? God, I, I'm saying we want to serve you. And we want to see you do mighty things here. Praise your name that you might be lifted up. Lord, I pray that as we get ready to go home this evening, that you bless the gift and the giver, those that give tonight, their offerings, their tithe, missions giving. And Lord, I pray that uh, you would take us home safely, bring us back again Wednesday night. Dear Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name.